This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis, along with Warren Harper, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, a podcast about people, politics, and professions. And thank you for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate you being here. How's it going, my brother? It's going well. It is going pretty darn good. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. So, uh, so before the show started, Warren and I was talk. We're talking about um, economics, and so, so what? What would? That's not our topic for today. But it, I, I'm just want to take a couple of minutes. What What do you think is the level of understanding by the general public? Just you know, people who aren't watching the news every day. But what do you think the the general um, understanding of economics is for the, like the average layperson. You, you asking me? Well, of course, I I, I <laughs> could I could be asking me, but that wouldn't be any fun. <laughs> so yeah, the I'm, general I'm level. I, I don't know how to gauge that, but I would probably say uh, not very. Uh, Based on conversation we just had, not very, very uh, powerful of uh, knowledge of information when you, not a lot. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I would agree with you there. I, I don't. So, so, um, I come from a numbers family. Uh, my mother and father both were into accounting. My sister's into accounting. My brother went for economics, went to college for economics, got a degree. And okay. I went to uh, school for accounting for a while till I realized sitting in, uh, sitting in a desk for 12 hours a day at 18 years old, 20 years old, wasn't my idea of fun. So I got out of, uh, got out of that. Although I still love numbers, I still love accounting. Um, I actually wanted to to get into um, cost accounting, which is managerial accounting. So I've always had a, a slant towards business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always wanted to be a, a business person, thus the tie. Uh, I, I like wearing a tie, I feel comfortable in it. My daughter was like, you know, loosen up your tie, you know, <laughs> relax. And I'm like, I am relaxed. <laughs> My tie, the fact that I have on a tie I, relaxes me. But yeah, <laughs> so I get that. Huh? To me, it's just the opposite. I'm like, I just feel like stiffened up, like, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. A lot of people are like that. And, and, mm-hmm. and so, but for me, so, so economics uh, is a part of what I like about, you know, getting up every day and doing things. And so I, I feel like while I'm not uh, as knowledgeable as some people, I, I think I'm pretty knowledgeable about it. And I feel, you know, good at that. I can talk about it. And, and I was thinking maybe one day we could uh, at least have that conversation about economics and kind of stuff and just kind of, you know, I don't know, shoot that around. 
maybe that might be useful for well, some people. Yeah, I'm all for it, but uh, I think you'd have to bring on uh, somebody else with economics knowledge because I would just be sitting there going, okay, all right, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have too much input. <laughs> mm. oh, okay, okay. I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Uh, well, and here's the thing. So, like, you were asking me a lot of questions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what is this economic theory and why is that theory like that? And, you know, where did that come from? And I think... Mm -hmm those kinds of questions is a benefit to somebody who may have those questions just like you do. Okay. And at least having that discussion and being able to ask those questions, because I think uh, what kind of happens in situations like, you know, learning economics and stuff, people feel like they're mm -hmm. being preached to, you know, somebody comes on with this great economic background and they're talking uh, way beyond the the understanding or the knowledge of the person that's listening and they glaze over, you know, their eyes glaze over and they, they start, you know, fidget, fidgeting with the channels and start looking mm -hmm. for um, new girl reruns and that kind of stuff. And so I think if, if we do it in a way where, we, you know, people, where we ask those questions, what, what does that mean? You know, why is that economic um, theory applicable in certain situations. I think hopefully those people who are interested in getting uh, to learning more about, um, about econ, you know, would, would, would listen to the show. Yeah. So, so we'll put well, that I can definitely write down some questions and we can kick that, kick that over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's just, you know, for me. So I love learning. I love, I just absolutely love, uh, you know, sitting down and, and someone talking about a subject that I, I don't know a lot about because it, it gives me a chance to pick up some knowledge that I, I may not, didn't have. And when I get into a conversation with someone, so take, take legal, you know, I would, I would get into a conversation with somebody, um, you know, who was a lawyer. And, and I'm asking like a ton of questions, right? You know, I watch a lot of law shows and I'm like, well, they, they did this in the law show. Is that, you know, is that reasonable that they would really do that in real life? In real life. Yeah. Yeah. And the person would go, well, yeah, I do the same thing when I'm watching them. I'm like, really, can they get away with that? Right. Or, well, why didn't they ask this question? You know, why didn't you challenge this? You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so at least I'm in the conversation and I'm learning some things. So I feel I feel better prepared or at least able to have a conversation with someone. Um, so that's all that. All righty. So the one we'll, thing that I got from the little conversation that we have, the brief conversation was that no matter what the theory or the explanation of how this this works and that works, it boils down to the people with the power making the decisions that that determines the outcome. Okay. That's just my opinion. Right. I understand. And I'm trying to, so I have a tendency in a conversation to think, to talk aspirationally. Mm -hmm. So, so what that means is I, tend to put forth ideas that 
should be looked at in place, but a lot of people don't look at them that way. So like you say that people in power run things. And what I'm saying is we put those people in power. We give them their power. Yeah. So while you can look at it and say powerful people run things, we actually make it possible for powerful people to run things. And so, and so the, really the power is in our hands to make those changes. And that's aspirational if you, if you don't see the power that you have. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> I'm laughing because I fully understand what you're saying, but it boils down to the concept of we and our. Okay, fair As enough. As a person, I have one vote Mm-hmm. to vote for a politician or election. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, when the numbers are counted, the power is revealed. Mm-hmm. Okay. No matter what, how I voted, I've I've done what I could do. And then the powers that be or the powers that had the power win. Okay. So, that- <laughs> so I'm adding into that um, while you don't, pick the CEO of a company, you have the ability to affect who is the CEO of a company. So you can start letter campaigns. You can uh, start petitions. You can not buy their products. Um, you know, and those, so you have power. So while you don't have the direct levers, while you don't directly affect it, you do indirectly have a lot of power and until you see that then then yeah the 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 while you voted for a particular politician and that politician didn't get into office the fact that you voted means that you exercised your power in a democracy you don't get everything that you want so that doesn't mean you're powerless you're not powerless. You I was powerless. I said the power, which means the bigger numbers or the most votes or whatever, they win. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> so today's story, not to get too far off. <laughs> right. <laughs> so today's story we talked was um so there's if you find the show notes for the story for the story, if you find the show notes for the podcast, there is two links listed in there. And it's, it's about the story of uh, a woman who was married for several years, two children. And for her, for her husband's birthday, she arranged a threesome with another woman. In the course of performing that ex that threesome, she realized she was gay. And so not too long after that, she left her husband and got with her and got with a woman. I don't know if this was the woman that joined them for the threesome, because I don't think the article uh, specifically noted that. I don't think it was. I think it was a different woman. I think it was a different woman. So, yeah. So the reason I put the two links in there 
was one was from uh, a British magazine, Daily Mail, mm-hmm. in the UK, and the other was from the New York Post, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Okay. And I have, I am a big proponent of news, that news companies and organizations are necessary for the dissemination of good information. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed about the two different articles was the New York Post article was so slanted to bring about a particular idea where I felt like the Daily Mail article was just, here's the facts, this is what happened, this is was the result, this is what the person was thinking, that kind of stuff. It was kind of just telling the story, it was just telling, whereas the New York Post article was, um, it just seemed that the, the words that they used were, you know, uh, more about trying to influence an idea rather than just tell the story. And they did a little bit more work. They they talked to someone who uh, was a therapist or something and they talked about how uh, some women, you know, find out later in life that or that people that are gay find out later in life that they're gay and uh-huh. that this was normal and et cetera, et cetera. So, so each article has its strengths, but, but I wanted to give, you know, see, show you how two people, how the same story can be told in several different ways. Um, and also for someone to look at it and say, you know, did this seem to have a, a particular slant to it versus just telling the story? Uh, because in our, in the United States, we have this big issue with, you know, uh, the attack on mainstream media that they ha- they have an agenda and that conservative media has an, a different agenda. And so being able to look at stories and see if there's an agenda, I think is, is I, I found that the two stories were different and that there was, I felt there was an agenda in the storytelling. And, uh, and so I, I put those two articles in there and maybe you could do, uh, you know, look at it and, and tell for yourself. So anyway. Can you shed a little bit more light on what you think that agenda might have been or the, how did you feel the slant w- was given? Right. I say So what I'm going to do is I'm going to avoid, you know, putting in my own personal. I, I should have said I felt there was an agenda in one article or the other. I shouldn't have said <laughs> which one I felt had an agenda so that well, is so that a person could go in and do their own investigating. And so I slanted, I slanted things myself and I don't want to slant things anymore than I already have. Right. So, right. So I'm okay. going to avoid, I huh? I get, I get what you're saying, but I just think that, uh, yeah, uh, every reader is going to have their own interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Most likely mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I want. I want, I don't, I don't want to continue to try to influence. I did. It wasn't my intent to try to influence. It was my intent to say, this is what I saw. Right. Investigate and see if you see the same thing. And probably what I should have done was just said, 
I believe that there's that there may have been an agenda in one of the articles, um, and and just investigate it and see if you see that too. And and I shouldn't, but I added some my own personal, um, right your ideologies. Yeah. yeah. So I want to get out of that. Uh, so I don't want to say what led me to believe that there was uh, an mm-hmm. agenda, and 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 hopefully people can. Um, read the articles and then leave us some comments and let us know what you think. Did you find an agenda? That kind of stuff. So well, anyway, did you, did you learn much from either article? Well, okay. So that was what I wanted to talk about as far as the story goes. Okay. So I had some issues. So the woman lived, had children. Right. With her husband. And then she says, during this threesome, she realized why she was unhappy. Uh-huh. So she says, you know, um, I had always, I had always felt in my marriage that there was just something more, that something was missing. And, and she made a comment that, um, she thought she might have been gay when she was much younger, but because of her Catholic upbringing, uh-huh. she was not allowed to explore that aspect of her life. Okay. So. I can see that. So I get that. And so um, here, here's, the, here's the thing that hit me. One of the things that hit me. She'd been married, had two children, uh-huh. and her children were, I don't know, six and eight or something um, by the time she realized she was gay. Right. Um, okay. So I don't want to say gay that that gay is a choice being gay is a choice but she's been married to this man for x number of years and she says she was unhappy was her ha- unhappiness predicated on the fact that she was married to a man or predicated on the fact that she didn't feel like he met all of her emotional needs. <laughs> well, <clears throat> why couldn't it be both? So, so if the, if she buried him, knowing that she was unhappy, that he was a man, uh-huh. then that means that she would have known years ago that she was gay. I don't know about that. Okay. I mean, when does one actually know until they actually, something happens to make them decide or uh, admit it or claim that, um, designation or orientation 
Understand. I think that's the challenge. When do you really know? Is it especially in a situation where people have been raised Catholic or religious and automatically their behavior is to suppress it and deny it until it gets to a certain point where there's some opportune situation comes up and then all of a sudden they say, hey, you know, I, I think maybe I need to really examine this. This might be real. So it, it's, I don't think it's real, a simple situation. Okay. So, I, so I'll say this. So I can love women. Let's say, you know, I, I love women. I'm, I just do. It's just awesome. Um, and there's nothing about a man that appeals to me from okay. a standpoint of <clears throat> having someone to talk to, having someone, I mean, from a friendship wise. Yeah. I mean, you and I kick it, you know, we have a beer, we talk, we, you know, we hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never look at you as a, a partner, as somebody that when I want to, uh, lay down at night that I want to hold on to. Sure. Right. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I understand that. So, so I, I, so I asked you about, you know, if she was able to spend years with her, her husband. Mm -hmm. Okay. If he did not appeal to her, she would have had to suppress that. Sure. Okay. So if she was able to do that for years, mm -hmm. why would she be gay? Because, because he's a man. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I think it takes more than that, more than the fact that her husband wasn't doing whatever or she wasn't appealed to him. I think, didn't you say that at one time she actually thought she was? Yeah, but, but she, this was when she was in grade school. Okay. <clears throat> she said, I think in the article, she said she was in grade school. Right. But she suppressed it. Okay. So, okay. If she was able to marry him, mm -hmm. if she could, if she could, if she could, I understand that people um, make excuses for themselves. You know, I, uh, you find somebody and they're a little, they weigh a little more than, than you want. And mm -hmm. you go, well, I can, I can live with that. Or, I can wait. Maybe they'll lose some weight or if I, you know, if I, they make excuses. Okay. So if the, if the person then is making those excuses, at which point do you under, do you believe it's because they're a man that you have the problem or because of the way that they're treating you and make you feel? That's the problem. 
your question is at what point do they determine which is which so so that they've been making they've been making excuses for the way that they feel okay and here's here's the thing if she felt that um if she felt that that him being a man was the problem then it would be his physical characteristics that would be the problem wouldn't it his his physical characteristics right i i think it's a lot deeper than that leanne i think uh when it comes to a person's orientation i think it's basically how they feel inside and it's got more to do with them than anyone else and the fact that this man didn't appeal to her uh the way a woman would was something that she really i think due to societal norms or whatever she 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 buried it she covered it up right but it would be okay so so being being gay means that the physical characteristics matter significantly because because if a person loves a certain type of person somebody that's caring and giving and warm and friendly Uh That can be in anybody. That can be in any body form. So if those things matter to you, those are the things you're going to be attracted to, right? It's when when those characteristics are placed in a male body Uh or a female body that it becomes an issue. Well, I, I think it's a lot deeper than just physic physicality. Uh, I think it's more mindset. It's more um, how a person feels inside, how they relate to one another. Um, a man, and when you look at a man, you look at a woman. It, it goes a lot deeper than physicalities. The way they a person feels, the way they express themselves, the way they react, the way they communicate. All of those tend to have variances and differences based on physicality. But when you're, when it comes to that gender identity, it, those things aren't just physical is what I'm saying. I I guess I'm, I'm trying to, okay. So if if you're talking to a person mm-hmm. on the phone, okay, the voice is disguised, and you're talking to that person, you can't tell if it's a man's voice. You can't tell if it's a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. All you can do is have a conversation. Okay. Can you fall in love with that person? I can't, that's not for me to say that I can well, can, fall in love. Can, can somebody fall in love with somebody's, that's what I'm saying. Can somebody fall in love 
talking to someone over the phone? I I can't answer that. I would say it's quite possible in their minds. Okay. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't, okay. All right. I don't know how to have the conversation with you because, because, because you want to push it away from, okay. I don't know how to have the conversation with you. I just, I just don't. You're saying, you're saying can a person fall in love with a person based on their voice? Yes. Is that the question? Yeah. I would say quite possibly. Okay. So it's, it's not unreasonable. No. Okay. So because, because a person can fall in love with a personality, a person's, um, uh, a person's inner gifts, the, if the person is compassionate, if the person is caring, if the person is considerate, those are kinds of things that, that are important in falling in love with someone. To some people. I, I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to, say. I don't know what, yes, I, I, that, is, okay. that is a standard. To some people, everything happens to some people. Everything can be, you know, passed off as some people. I don't know how to have a conversation with that. Okay. Well, it's not, it's not exclusive. Can a, can a person also fall in love with someone that's abusive, that could actually want to kill them? Sure. That's, but that's still all personality. Con- those are all personality con- characteristics. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, can you fall in love with personality characteristics? Sure. Okay. So you can fall in love with personality characteristics. Okay. Alrighty. So then you find out that the person, so you're a woman, you're talking to a person, you don't know their, their true, um, 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 sexual orientation. Okay. And then you find out that, that they're five foot, Four, weigh ninety-seven pounds, and they have a penis. Okay. Does that change your love for that individual? I, I cannot answer that because I'm not sure what love is based on, and unless you're saying it's based on something that strictly that they could not see and totally that. Okay. So, so I can't, so I'm examining the idea that, that there are characteristics that we find attractive in other people. Okay. And if those characteristics are packaged in a way that we're comfortable with, uh-huh. then that's all the better. Sure. But does, but does the packaging become, um, become the discriminating factor between whether I'll love this person or not? 
I think that's going to vary from individual to individual. And I understand that. I understand yeah. that that um, that some people are going to say yes. The the physical characteristics are as important as the uh, personality characteristics. Mm-hmm. But under but if we if if we can't get to a, an understanding of how those play into um into the the scope of things we can never understand what being gay is or what being bi is mm-hmm. because 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 the what makes up human beings is the the physical characteristics and the emotional and mental characteristics i mean do you can you think of anything else that makes up makes us human? Oh, well, those are key things, how we think, how we feel, along with the physical characteristics. It's all comes together. Right. And so is there is there something else that we can base our love on? I, I think that's an individual question. All right. I don't think love is universal to one to what you know if from person to person it's going to vary okay i i guess okay i mean what 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 am i missing about the question maybe i'm misunderstanding I, so i ask is there something else that we use to fall in love with besides besides our phys- besides the physical characteristics and the emotional and mental characteristics there's there's mental emotional and physical what else what else is there to to fall in love with? I guess that's the big the big picture of things, yeah. Okay. Without breaking it down into little subsects, you know. Okay. I, I Okay, so it, it's those things. Okay. So 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 I'm trying to understand what is it that you think is different? Mm-hmm. That that would be an individual kind of thing that would change that dynamic. I think human relationships are, are very complex and complicated. So just to say, this is this, and this is this, and this is how we're going to base what a person falls in love is, is very, very uh, restrictive. Okay, I think I, I get that, but I, I'm trying to understand. So when you say it's restrictive, mm-hmm. my thought is then you have some idea of why that's restrictive. Why is that restrictive? Well, I think you're putting trying to put something as complicated as love in a box, and I don't think you can do that. Okay, so so. What, do, how do you, how do you understand love? How do you understand love? If, you, if you're saying that, so we're as human beings, we have a physical character, we have physical characteristics, we have mental and emotional characteristics. What other characteristics do we have? 
I can't say what the characteristics are, but I could say that if it were simply that simple, we wouldn't have millions of people uh, with degrees doing psychotherapy and, and dealing with people in their love issues. It's just not a simple thing. Okay. Okay. All right. I, 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 I guess I don't see that it is complicated. Yes. But usually the complication is uh, I love this about that person and not that about that person. It's not that there's some mystical um, something out of nowhere that changes the dynamic of love. You, you, okay. You're either going to look at a person and you're going to be uh, uh, encouraged by what they look like. That's going to bring you closer or you're not. Um, they're, the way that person acts with you. There's a hormonal thing with inside of you that's that impacts that. But those are all measurable. They're okay. not they're not some dynamic out of nowhere. And so I, I don't know. So when you're saying it's more complicated, what are the complications? And if you don't if you don't know what the complications are, then then you're just saying that there's complications without identifying what the complications are. It, how how well, can something be complicated if you don't understand what's complicated about it? How complicated are relationships? I mean, let's, let's look at people's relationships. Okay. They're all different based right. on those individuals. Right. And I don't think you can take one relationship and use the metrics in that relationship as a standard for anybody else's relationship. You can make suggestions, but they're going to be different. Those two different people are going to have different uh, different uh, ideas and reactions to one another based on their individualism. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I think human relationships, especially with orientation, just makes it even more complicated because you have more variables in the mix. Okay. I don't, I don't, so we've reached that point where I, I don't know how to have a conversation because, okay, so because, because there, I just, I don't know how to have the conversation. So beyond the question, do you have a point? I do, but you're not going to understand it because you're going to say it's complicated because you're going to say it's, it's the individual. And so we have to be able to, to, to have common facts in order to have a conversation. So and you, you won't give us common facts or maybe I'm not giving us common facts. I won't say it's all on you. We don't have, okay. we're not working with common facts, so we can't have a conversation. Right. 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 Uh, I'm trying to, trying to figure out how to analyze the situation without making it too personal. Okay. But, um, we're talking about human relationships. We're talking about couples. I can look at relationships that I've had in the past. I can look at the one that I'm in. Can you compare what you're talking about now with a particular relationship that you may have been in or observed or, and kind of base some things on that? Okay. So, so in a relationship, 
you interact with a person. Mm -hmm. What they think, how they behave, and what they look like are the things that you can interact with. Okay. So however that person acts impacts how you respond to them. Sure. However, the only way that you know, understand what a person thinks is your interpretation of their actions or your interpretation of their words. I agree. Okay. So those are the things that you use to formulate your opinions on whether you love this person or not. Okay. Fair enough. So if there's anything else, I don't know what it is. So because, so, so when you say it's complicated, my thought is what complications occur outside of, okay. So I'm talking to a person uh, that I like. I'm mm -hmm. talking to a person that I like and they say something that makes me concerned that they're um, dangerous. Okay, they're dangerous. Okay, so, so my actions are based on their behaviors and their words and, and my response to that. Okay. What more complications can happen or occur in that situation. What's more complicated than that? What are well, the additional I complications? I have been given a, a scenario to evaluate. Huh? I haven't been given a scenario to evaluate. Okay. You're just saying what the relationship might be based on, correct? Okay, so, 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 um, I like birds. Uh -huh. Young lady I'm talking to doesn't like birds. Okay. That is what the relationship is going to swing on. Does that make sense? That's one factor. I mean, it could, I mean, depend on how serious the thing is with the birds. Right. And so, okay. So, so here's, okay. So, so, so when you say complications, uh -huh. I'm saying the complications come in when we, we think one thing about a person and we learn something different. So it's about their words, their actions, my interpretation of that and what they look like. Th that's going to formulate the basis of our relationship. You say complications in a relationship. So their words, mm -hmm. their actions. Okay. Their looks. Okay. My interpretation of all of that. Okay. It's going to form the basis of our relationship. Okay. 
right? All right. Mm-hmm. So the complications would be my interacting with them based on those three things, four things. Okay. That, that's, yeah, okay. Let's, let's narrow it down to four things, you know. And Well, no, I mean, so you're saying complications, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find what are those complications? The complications come in when um, people disagree on a topic or people disagree about how they're being treated. Uh-huh. But those okay. are all, but how a person treats you is a part of what you use to determine whether you care about that person or not. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying as, as far as complications go, but as far as understanding the dynamics of a relationship, that's not hard. Okay. At least I don't think it's hard. So I'm trying to figure <clears throat> out, I'm trying to understand how the dynamics right now that we're discussing fit into the the relationship. Is there, or, you know, is there something that you're basing this relationship on you know, with these dynamics or something that went wrong or, or what? Okay. So, so we're going to develop a bond with a person mm-hmm. based on our response to certain stimulus from that person. Okay. Sure. Okay. So if the stimulus is agreeable, we tend to bond. We tend to want that person in our life. Okay. So if, so the, the, the stimulus being a person's words, a person's pattern of thinking, a person's behavior, and a person's looks. Okay. Those are the stimulus that we react on to determine if we bond with a person. Okay. If we, if we are, if the only stimulus that we get is a phone conversation where we don't know the, uh, what the physical characteristics are and Uh we bond with that person. Right. If we bond with that person over a phone call Uh and then we see that, um, that that person is, um, and we look at those physical characteristics, it is going to impact that bond. Sure it will. Okay. So it's going to impact that bond, but that doesn't change the person. No. Right. Because they're still mentally, emotionally, and whatever else um, that we experience on the phone, they're still that exact same person. Okay. So we're making looks the determining factor for bonding. 
Okay, in that scenario, yeah. Okay. How would the scenario be different? Well, what if they saw the person, they knew what they looked like, and then developed the bond? I, I got that. And so here's what I'm trying to understand. So the wife, the wife was married with him to him for a while. Mm -hmm. And she felt, and she felt incomplete. Uh -huh. So my, my question is, if he would have, was her complete incompleteness based on the fact that he, that he didn't meet some of her emotional needs or was her incompleteness just based on the fact that he looked like a man? If he, if he, if, if he looked like, if he would have, if she would have been able to remove his penis, would that have allowed her to continue in the relationship with him? You're asking that question? Yeah, it's a question. I, I don't, I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't think it's that simple, Leon. <laughs> I, I, I mean, just take, take away the man's penis and, and that only takes away his physical penis. He's still who he is. So, and that's what I'm saying. If, if she would have, if she would have been able to bond with him uh -huh. in every other way, uh -huh. does the fact that he have a penis then become the problem? I don't know. Every other way. Uh, I don't know, but I'm you're assuming that the penis might have been the problem. If you no, I'm asking questions. So, so you're making you, you're saying that, that it's an assumption. I'm not making an assumption. Okay. I'm asking, asking questions. I'm trying to understand. Uh -huh. So if, if you if 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 this whole conversation has happened and you think I'm making assumptions that I'm saying that okay. this is this and that's that, that isn't correct. I am trying okay. to understand. I'm trying uh -huh. to under, understand. I know, I know why I don't date men. They don't appeal okay. to me physically. Okay. Okay. They don't appeal to me physically, and that impacts how I relate to them. Okay. So I, I got. In in this situation. With this couple, I would say that we don't know the extent of his appeal to her. But if she was truly gay or get, had those gay tendencies, I would say the appeal whole factor was was a compromise. She pushed that aside to conform. If she really had a strong tendency toward being gay, but she had that fear of actually coming out and being gay, she took a compromise. I'm speculating on this. Right. I understand that. 
she came up in a religious family. There's tremendous pressure and opposition toward being gay. And she may have only accepted this man on a limited amount of um, appeal. She Maybe she wanted to have a family. Maybe she wanted to be married. Uh, I think a lot of people are living those life compromised lifestyles. Look at all the men on the download. They got a wife, but they're they're gay. They're out there doing things like that. Why do you think they're living those double lives? Society puts a lot of pressure on people to conform. And, and I don't know for sure, but I'm suspecting that this woman may have been just conforming. And and I and I get that. And so if if that's the case, so so you've got people who say um you can um stop people from being gay. You can uh, stop people you from can, being people can suppress their uh feelings. I understand that, but I mean Part of the discussion that we're having in our society is some people mm. believe gay is a choice. Right. And a lot of people disagree to that. So there's the battle. So you've got a woman who's been in a relationship for so many years. Mm -hmm. And there was this trigger that causes her to, uh, Realize that that she's been not living her true life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So to get other people to understand what that means, we have to give them something. I think we have to give them something more than to, to let them know that gay isn't about just conforming. Mm -hmm. That there is something more to it that that causes a person to be who they are. Mm -hmm. So, but, but, so I'm examining that. That's why I'm asking the questions. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. trying to okay. dismantle what gay is. I'm trying to understand it. Yes. Yes. And I, I and so am I. I <clears throat> I'm thinking in today's times more and more on the whole subject because it's becoming such a big topic in the news and in society. And think about it in the last uh, five or six years or more, you know, you've got we're, we're beyond gay. We're we're beyond binary. I uh, LGT, LGTB, LGTBQ. What does that tell you? That tells you that there's so much more to this area of society of our identifying with people's identity that we we we're just scratching the surface, and so I think. We're all in a learning process and society is grappling with how to accept this new 
this new norm. This is not going away. And so I've just like taken a step back and, and I'm trying to observe and I'm trying to learn all of the nuances with this thing. You know, I grew up, you know, old school in the church where, you know, you got the fire and brimstone. Uh, if you do this, you do that, you go into hell and people still live that life now in that society. So they are totally forced to suppress any urges that they have to be different, to be. But isn't, but isn't suppression, isn't suppression a part of being human? <laughs> well, I, yeah, in a human society, we are forced into situations that we don't like, that are uncomfortable and that we feel are wrong. No, I mean, just just and so so you find a lady. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a guy, you find a lady or you find a partner, period. Mm -hmm. Whether you're, you know, if, if you're a lesbian and you find a, 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 a female partner. You are not the same person. There are going to be things that they like that you don't like. Two different people. I understand yeah. that, but you yeah. still have to suppress some of your desires in order to accept that individual. That's that's compromise. I, yeah, yes, I agree. I'm agreeing with you. Right. So so when you say that a person who is in a relationship and suppresses, so like this woman suppressed her lesbianism mm. to be in that relationship. Why is that different than any other relationship? It's different because um, <clears throat> she chose to suppress it for different reasons than uh, a lot of things we choose and a lot of choices. You know, in other words, uh, say as laws change, as accepted behaviors change, there's less pressure on us when we make certain choices. So I think now she was able in this day and time to make a choice where the consequences wouldn't have been so bad. They weren't nice, they weren't good, but she was able to make that choice and say, hey, Adios, husband, you know, he outed her. That put a lot of uh, disgrace on her and put her in a bad um, situation. But, you know, she mm -hmm. did what she thought she wanted, what was good for her. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't, I understand. I, I understand what you're saying. So I have questions. I am, I'm quizzical. And, and I, so, so the idea is how do, how do we understand something now? Yeah. Just because I don't always understand something don't mean I can't be accepting of it. It just sure. means I have questions. And, and so I what I tried to have with you was, you know, a question where we try to examine what we believe. Uh -huh. and, 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 and see that we are being true to 
what we believe. So, so I'm not just, so when I say that I accept LGBTQ, that I'm really accepting and not just, um, what, what is the term you used? I'm not just, um, um, yeah, I, I think I know the word. Uh, no, you just used it. Uh, uh, no, um, suppressing that I'm not suggestive. I'm that I'm not just suppressing my, my, I'm not suppressing my opposition to LGBTQ, but I'm actually accepting LGBTQ. Okay. Whereas you, as you were stating her, her living with her husband was her, um, suppressing her true self. And that's just my opinion on what I read. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. And so, and so by examining my idea is by me examining my own, um, biases and, you know, answer, asking my questions and, um, and dealing with my own understanding of the situation that I'm not just suppressing that I'm not a closet, uh, homophobe. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? I, I understand. We have a problem. You and I have a problem with, um, liberals who are closet bigots because they never truly examine their behavior. Right. When it comes to um, civil rights, I would be remiss if I didn't examine my behavior towards LGBTQ. I'm not LGBTQ, but I most certainly need to understand and make sure I'm not a closet problem. Yeah, well, I think we grow and we learn when we step back and try to get more information and learn from people that aren't like us. Okay. We have to listen. We right. have to understand. We have to look at both sides of the picture and then determine who's doing harm and who's doing more, more good in the society. You know, we have people on one side making laws that restrict and limit uh, their ability to function in society. And then we have people that fight for their rights and their laws in society. So this is this is huge, really. I mean, we have the opportunity to participate, like just like we talk about voting and being involved. I think this is another opportunity to grow and to learn and we can become involved. Okay, very good. So I just, um, you know, I want to I want to make sure that we had a, a productive discussion for both of us. Yeah, I, I realize I have a tendency to ask a lot of questions and I don't, you know, at some point, sometimes I just don't know where to go and how to move the conversation forward. Yeah, so, so yeah. Hopefully that I, I know. And I, I think the issue with with me answering your question is that some questions just don't have simple answers. Yeah, but if you don't if you don't try to answer the more complicated questions, then that means you're just accepting it and moving forward. And I don't want to just accept things. I want to I want to be challenged by those complications. 
I want to yeah. learn by me understanding what those complications are. At least I know that it's a complication that needs um, more thought. And so that's why I pushed so that, so that I can understand better. And that's, and that's what I'm trying to do. And, and I know that that's a, an exercise sometimes in futility because you don't always get the answer when you are asking the questions, but at least I feel like I have to ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the only way to get the answers is to ask. It would really be nice if we could bring someone with firsthand knowledge experience uh, on the subject, some actually actual LGTB people well we, we're we're a discussion. we're part just because we're cisgender cisgender just because mm -hmm. we're we're straight doesn't mean we that we're not a part of the lgbt discussion we we are right, right. i mean actually having a non-cis person in the discussion with us i think it would be might be beneficial we could ask some some different questions about their world yeah but but I, I, I was taking the opportunity here to ask questions about my world, to challenge my ideas, okay. to challenge my understanding. And now that, you know, we've done that, somebody can look at this and go, ah, I see where he's being hung up. I see where he's struggling. Right. And so, and so here's, here, here's my opportunity to say to you, this is what you seem to be struggling with, Leon. And then I can look and I can ask those questions and then I can get a better understanding, but it's not, you know, I don't have all the answers in my head. And so I have to reach out to other people to try to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was uh, a bit difficult, but we got through it. We, we managed to get some things uh, opened up and have a better understanding on it, but I think we still got a long ways to go. Oh. So maybe we can revisit uh, the, the subject down the line. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So we're up for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do, uh, I think, another challenging subject. I have to apologize <laughs> beforehand. Um, so most of the artwork for the show tomorrow has women in it. But men also um, have challenges with uh, being their hairstyles being accepted. Uh, and so we're going to try to delve into that tomorrow and uh, we'll see where the conversation goes. Okay. Any last comments? Yeah. My uh, great grandson just got some uh, twists. <laughs> send you a pic? Huh? So I send you a pic? <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe hold on to it for tomorrow and we'll just include it in the show. <laughs> All right, brother. Tomorrow. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. 
So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.